It is February 12, 2020, and we are doing part three of of the authority of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to be in another part of scripture. We're going to be in John chapter eight, beginning at verse 40. And we're going to read all the way into the end of the chapter. Verse 59. So just go ahead and come along with me. I always like to start with the actual word of God. So I'm going to start reading. And then I will continue on with our uh, topic. So John 8, verse starting at verse 40. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my words? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinces me of convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews, and this is verse 48, said unto him, Say we not well that thou art of a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keepeth my sayings, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if a man keep your sayings, he shall never see, never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that is your God, that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. And verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus did hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, when I was reading over this a couple of weeks ago, the thing that stood out to me first, so much stood out to me, but the first thing that really stood out to me was verse 54. When Jesus says, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me of whom ye say that he is your God. And then he goes on to say they don't know the father at all, because if they knew the father, they wouldn't be treating his son this way. And uh, they continue to kind of mock, basically mock the Lord and um, refuse to acknowledge his authority and his relationship with the father. And I thought it was interesting, even in verse 49, where he says, I have not a devil, but I honor my father and ye do dishonor me. So in in these last days, as we 
kind of get into these confusing times when a lot of people are acknowledging that Jesus was a good person. They're acknowledging that Jesus was a prophet. Um, they're acknowledging him in a in only the ways that they want to acknowledge him. They're not acknowledging him as uh, the savior of the world. They're not acknowledging him as God. And this mindset was already around when Jesus was on earth. And so he made a clear distinction that you cannot just say I'm one of the prophets. You cannot just, you know, tell me who I am and that be true. He's like, if you either you're going to agree with what I'm telling you, that I, who I who I'm telling you I am, or you become a liar and you become part of Satan's kingdom, and you are doing his bidding. You're not you. You can't be both. You can't not honor me as a, a, in the divinity of who I am, and then say that you are a child of God, basically, because they were always trying to identify themselves with Abraham, and um, and still have the promises of Abraham. That's the whole reason they were identifying themselves with Abraham, because they knew Abraham really did uh go to heaven or paradise and that he really did um have a faith-filled life so that's why they always tried to identify with him but he's saying in verse 58 is very profound jesus said unto them verily verily i say unto you before abraham was i am and that's cross cross reference with exodus three fourteen. so i wanted to read what exodus three fourteen says about the i am because there's only one I am in scripture. And Exodus 3.14 says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, This shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. Because he was saying, when I go, when I go try to deliver these people out of bondage and out of slavery, who should I say sent me? Because they're going to be looking at me like, Moses, who do you think you are? Basically. <laughs> and then the, the Lord, all he really could... His, his, he's so great and he's so mighty and his who he is is so undefined. It's definable, but yet it's undefinable. That's why he said, say that I am has sent you. Because he, and I love like, I, this is a sermon I heard years ago, but it's so wonderful. The man said, the reason the Lord said I am is because he can, you can fill in the blank after that. I am your provider. I am your protector. I am your deliverer. I am that I am. So whatever you need me to be, that's what I am. And only God can say that and it'd be true. So that's why he said, tell them that the I am has sent you. And then so when Jesus stands here and says, Verily, verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am, they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Because then the next thing they tried to do is stone him. Um, because they were thinking, you know, that he wasn't but they knew they knew what he was trying to say and they didn't want to accept it. So, and that's so sad when people get so angry that be, they want to kill the messenger. <laughs> they, they don't want to hear the message, so therefore they try to silence the messenger. And that's what happened here. Uh, but that wasn't time, that Jesus' time. So he was able to get away from those people. And he actually passed right in the midst of them, it says, but they weren't able to, to hurt him. Um, and so it's just, it's just really amazing um, the things that Jesus constantly proclaimed but he was so he was so humble and he was so just and he was so um patient with people and unfortunately even in his patience he was um he 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 he, he continued to speak the truth to the whole world but unfortunately um 
the level of depravity that people had, they wanted to still hold on to whatever belief system or whatever um whatever they had that was more important than, to them than getting behind what the truth was. And so that's why he told them that they were children of the devil because they really didn't want they didn't want to bow the knee to Jesus first of all. So that means that they are against Jesus. And they were trying to use all these, you know, what they thought was wisdom to trick Jesus and trap him in saying certain things. But then they still wanted the people to believe that they were really trying to serve the most high. So they would try to get into these little um, battles, word battles of, you know, trying to convince the population or the people that were confused. They were trying to convince the crowds, hey, we're the good people. We've always been good. We we follow Abraham. We love God. You know, um, you shouldn't be paying attention to what Jesus has to say because we've been leading you the right way. So a lot of this, a lot of this was just for show in front of the people. And so when Jesus would basically continue being truthful and showing who he was so that people could have hope, people could understand that it wasn't about you know, it wasn't about the things that these Pharisees and these Sadducees are making it about. He was always trying to show the pureness of what the gospel really was and who he really was and what the father really wanted. And so he said the father, the father is the one who honored him, that if he was the only one, if he was walking around only honoring himself, that it would not be, it it wouldn't mean anything. And I think that's really interesting that even these words from Jesus, because I never really realized that he said that. He was like, um, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honors me of whom you say that he is your God. And I, and I, um, there's been so many opportunities. I shouldn't say opportunities, but there's so many, there's been so many times in my life where I was at points where I just was like, Lord, I know you're real, but I need you to do something for me today because in this particular environment or in this particular situation I'm facing, I need Jesus to show up for me today. Like I, I really need, I need him today. And that's not that I don't need him every day. Cause I do, but there's been cert- certain situations throughout my life that I had those kind of conversations with God. And I was desperate. Sometimes it was like kind of more of a confirmation type of thing. It wasn't really that I was desperate for an answer or anything because me and the Lord had gotten, I've gotten so willing to be peaceable about everything. When it comes to my life, I really believe that the Lord always works it out. Sometimes it's supernatural how he works things out. And sometimes it's almost just like, I'll just quit worrying about it. And then the answer will come. Like as soon as I really leave it alone and I really try not to worry about that issue, then the answer always comes. And I know it's the Lord. So um, when I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm going somewhere with this. So those couple of times in my life, maybe more than a couple, but over my life, the Lord always responds when I use the word, when I say Jesus, when I um, acknowledge who Jesus is and that he's in control. And it's not just God. I always have to, I always usually use the word Jesus, the name Jesus. And so I know the power in Jesus. I, I've, I've, um, I like saying Jesus Christ now. I like saying both of his names, but even just Jesus has done some things where I know there was demonic presence in my room, like back when I was in my twenties. 
And um, nothing particular had happened that day that I can remember. But I remember that night that I was in my apartment by myself and it was just a bad vibe in there. It was a coldness. It was a it was definitely a demonic presence. And I just said, Jesus. And I barely could even get Jesus's name out. But I said it and I yelled it like it was almost like I was gasping for air as I yelled Jesus. And that presence left instantly. And that's just that's one of the extreme times when I had to use the name Jesus. But I've had times over my life where, I mean, I just was at a low place. And it wasn't always, I won't always say it was at a low place. It was just at a crossroads where I really needed answers. And I would be like, Jesus, help me to see your way. Help me to see your will. And I honor Jesus um, as my Savior. I honor him as my Lord. I honor him as God. And I'm telling you... um, and I'll, I'll go back to for something real quick. There was years ago this this show. I mean this um this man was on all these different shows, and he had he had uh released this book called Conversations with God. Neil, I think I can't remember his last name. I think it was Armstrong. Neil something. And I was reading that book, and um, I remember particularly one of the things that he talked about in that book was that God didn't care if a person was a homosexual, and um it was. It was, I have to admit, it sounded so sweet the way he said it, though. It was like that Lord is more concerned about our hearts and things like that. And that the Lord doesn't care about if a person is homosexual. And um, I was just getting deep into this book. And I was really starting trying to adopt some of those belief systems that that man had put in that book. And then I realized years later that that book was not, it was not of God. Um, and then I even seen on YouTube, uh, like, about a month ago that man he said that he was dealing with the devil and he was reading that book he was reading that book um conversations with god and so i know that you have to be really careful when you say that god told you certain things or you know that you had a conversation with him because the enemy likes to masquerade himself as giving you knowledge or giving you truths that are not true but i'm telling you um and when I started getting back to the Bible itself and not really reading other people's books and things like that, the Lord revealed to me that he is, he does love the homosexual, but he will never agree with and accept their lifestyle. And so for someone to say that the Lord doesn't care about a person being homosexual, that's not the Lord. The Lord wouldn't say anything like that because he has to care about it because it's, it's against, it's against nature. It's against his, the way he built that person to be. And so of course he's not going to be okay with it. If, and not just with homosexuality, but anything that is going against what the scriptures would have you doing. Um, just like when I'm talking about when it comes to the authority of Jesus, when you when anything that you're talking about and you're trying to give more authority or credence to an experience you've had or something that something somebody else told you or what was revealed to you personally, that's very dangerous ground because the Lord, he will always point you back to honoring Jesus. And then once you honor Jesus, you can't help but honor what he stood for and what he did not allow and what he did not, um, give us any excuses basically not to follow him or not to understand what his will is. And so, um, over my life, I, I've really seen this, this come full circle in my life is it all started and it ends with honoring, you know, the honoring of Jesus. And once you honor him, 
you can't really go wrong after that because he's going to continue allowing you through the Holy Spirit to see the promises, to, to walk in his love, walk in his peace, walk in his um, anointing and walk in his truth if all, uh, above all of it, walk in his truth first. But you can't walk in his truth if you're not honoring him. And this is what the huge, the huge thing I believe is when people blaspheme when people blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. I've done research on that, and over the years, a lot of people have been confused about what that sin is. But I believe a lot of that starts with unbelief in Christ, and then when you are confronted with that unbelief in Christ, you won't the you won't allow the Holy Spirit to even penetrate your heart. You continue to to deny and deflect the truth of what is obvious about the gospel. And so if you won't allow that truth to come in, then you have you stay in a place of unbelief and you stay in a place of rejecting Christ. And without Christ, we can, we know we can't get to the father. So that's that that's what it's really causes that to to become a full out uh, person that is demonic. Because now they they won't they refuse the authority of Christ, they refuse to honor Christ as who for Lord and Savior and who He is, and so there's nothing left. There's nothing left for you to lean on. There's nothing left for you to believe in, but something that is a lie, that is not going to give you salvation. It's not going to give you truth and not going to give you life. It's going to give you death. But those people, because their their deeds are evil, they they would prefer the darkness over the light. And I'm going to continue quoting that particular scripture. So we don't always have to feel like it's our job to get somebody saved. It's not our job to get anybody saved. Our job is just to witness and to be walking in the light. As I get ready to conclude this study for today in John 8 uh, concerning the authority of Jesus Christ, part three, I want to bring our attention to the cross reference of verse 56, where he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad found in Luke 10 verse 24. And let's look at verse 23 where Jesus says, and he turned him unto his disciples and said, and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. And um, and I just think that's amazing because he, he did reveal himself in so many different ways to those that followed after him even before he came to earth. And Abraham was a person that desired to see the fulfillment of, of the things that Lord had promised him. Um, and so... He's basically saying, you know, blessed was the disciples, but not just the disciples, but blessed are all those who have eyes to see the things that the Lord has revealed unto us about who he is. And because um, that, that truly is a gift in itself. And so as we come to a conclusion today, I want you to think about how the Lord said he did not seek his own glory and he was able to receive honor from the father himself. And when he also promised that whoever keeps his sayings shall never taste death. And he means the eternal death, the eternal damnation. And so all the things that we have 
gleaned from this passage, I believe that if you take the time and really read this chapter 8 and see what else the Lord has re- will reveal unto you, it's really breathtaking. It's really breathtaking. And then when you also see the reaction of people to Christ and how they wanted to actually stone him only because he was being who he was. And he even said that, you know, they persecuted him first. They hated him first. And so when we go through any little thing that we go through in our jobs that we go through with our families because of Christ, we should be comforted in the fact that, you know, the mockery and the, in the, you know, the things that they did to Christ was way worse than anything that we could go through. Uh, not just the crucifixion itself, but just the um, disrespect. Because he said that he was, the people continue to dishonor him um, when he was on earth. And so we shouldn't expect, we shouldn't expect the world to treat us any better. And when we do, we just set ourselves up for disappointment. And um, I just want to end on that today. And I want you to um, continue to make sure that God is being honored in your, in your walk. And I know that that's my, that, that, that that's my hope. And that's my prayer that I'm honoring God um, daily on a daily basis. And he has shown up for me um, constantly. I can't think of all times that Jesus has shown up for me. And it's because I honor him. It's because I trust him and because I know I know him. And I and through him, I understand that the Father has nothing but good for those who truly love him. That he it hasn't even entered into our minds what he has in store for those who truly love him. And I hold on to that. On a on a regular basis, I have to remind myself of that. Because sometimes I have to say things show up in my life and I'm just like, This is not right. You know, like this this is not what this is supposed to you know, this was not supposed to happen this way. But then I have to go back to the Lord was persecuted, the Lord was dishonored, the Lord was mistreated, and he was the Lord. And he didn't do anything wrong, any sin. And I have done sins, and I have done people wrong, and I have fallen short. So when I get some things that come back in my life or uh, show up in my life, I have to really go back to the humbleness of, of where I need to be and just like, okay, some of this I actually deserve. You know, I do deserve. Some of it I don't, but some of it I do deserve because I haven't always done people right. But Jesus didn't do anything to anybody but be who he was. And he still was mistreated. So that in itself lets us know that, you know, the the wickedness of the times, the wickedness of the people. And so we just have to love and continue being loving and continue letting the Lord use us in any way that he wants to use us. And I want to leave you with that on being a better human podcast today. And I look forward to speaking with you next week and we'll have another series um, next week so um, enjoy your week and enjoy time with your families and those that you love this week